1: Are you serious? Hello there. This is How To Kill An Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy and I am being joined by yeah. producer Bill. How you doing, producer Bill? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good stuff. We've got a guest coming up today. But beforehand, I just want to say I'm really upset with something to do with the next generation of console. This is a story that's not brand new, but I'm just upset that there are Amazon customers awaiting the delivery of the new PlayStation 5 and they've been left. Reeling when they were greeted by bags of rice instead of their next-gen console. Apparently, there have been oh, people yeah, that have been I think I heard about this. Yeah, been people nicking PS5s before they were delivered on Thursday and Friday uh, before we recorded this. So instead of getting a four hundred and fifty quid console, they're getting things like foot massages, cat food, George Foreman grill.
0: Yeah, and they've also had people delivering quote-unquote the uh, it's the the console and then the courier drivers nicking them and just driving away.
1: Yeah, that's not cool. I mean. I've seen Felix cat food in one, rice. Um, what else? Let's see, have a look at another one that someone's opened up. Doo, 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 doo. Foot massager. Yeah. Foot massager. Oh, that's not cool. Oh, the, uh, air fryer. Oh, that's not cool. So uh, <laughs> a, a MTV journalist actually that I've, I've met a couple of times in the past said, um, I tried to document my unboxing, but um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I've just got an air fryer instead. Apparently, people are seeing drivers pull a little scam, pull up to a house and say that there's no delivery. Oh, dog food and another one in chunky gravy? That's unreasonable. I just want to say, for all of you guys nicking, yeah, PS5s, it's not cool. That would upset me so much. would be frustrated. Fucking £450 spent on some yeah. dog food. All right. But I, I think even got a dog. What's good about buying stuff from Amazon, though, is you know that they're good for it, though, isn't it? That's the only thing is you know... You're like, I- Come on, man. They got you, bruv. We think they're going to leave you short of pocket. Come on, mate. It's Amazon. They got the money. Um, but people need to be careful nicking these next-gen items now because serial numbers can be allocated to products. And uh, it's like if somebody was to nick my phone, you just call Apple and they brick it, don't they?
0: Yeah, and you've got to find my
1: iPhone anyway. Yeah, you've got to find my iPhone, but if somebody just tries to nick it and run off with it, you just brick it, shut down the iPhone, and it becomes useless to anyone else. Anyway... On that positive note, let's switch over to somebody who is an absolute legend. We're going to be talking to Red Pepper. He's one of the UK's best loved and most prolific voiceover artists. Uh, He's known as the movie trailer man from the sheer number of Hollywood blockbusters his voice has trailed.
2: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. When the world's greatest athlete Michael Jordan teams up with the world's best-loved cartoon character Bugs Bunny, you won't believe your eyes. Warner Brothers presents Jordan Bugs Bunny special delivery. Together, they just might save the world. Jam. You've never seen anything like it. Life is short. I love you. Love is forever. Men in black. Protecting the earth from the scum of the universe. You know how to use these things? No idea whatsoever.
1: Come on. We all know that voice, don't we, Bill? Very iconic. Very iconic, man. He's worked for like, as well as like, you know, doing films like Independence Day and other great like, film trailers. He's also worked for The Nightly Show, done stuff for VW Golf, Better Meerkart, Tesco and Purcell. I mean, Tim Burton even cast Red Pepper to voice Ghouls for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Which is, um, I think, you know, it's nice. He's, he's just got one of those voices that I think is unlike anyone else. And as we're about to find out, he ain't putting that voice on. That's how he sounds. So here's what happened when uh, we spoke to Red Pepper. Quick note before we jump into the interview. There was a mistake, fully mine, with regards to recording quality. And we had two choices in the edit. One... You hear me in high quality and Red Pepper over Zoom or two, thankfully, because Red Pepper had it recorded over at his side as well. You hear him in high fidelity and me in cruddy Zoom quality. I think you know which one we went for. Thank me later. Yeah. But hey, it's the end of 2020. We're in the middle of a national lockdown. So I thought I'd ask Red Pepper, how is it treating him?
2: Lockdown for me has been absolute bliss. Blessed with a capital B. I love my own company. I love the company of my beautiful wife. She is stunning. I love my children-ish. You know, um, I'm, I'm a happy man, you know. Um, it's I'm a, I'm a philosophical brother. Philosophical is the word. I don't give a damn about um, being in the party atmosphere. I don't have to be out there kicking ass. I know what it's all about. Life is about you life is about what you how you how you take it people say life is how you take it well, life is what you make it life is what you ta- how you take it that's how it's how you take it that's what makes you a man or a woman or a child or whatever it's how you take it we all get obstacles and my daddy used to always say to me if the mountain was smooth you'd never be able to climb it handle it use it don't bitch about it don't moan about it It is what it is, right? It is what it is. So when things come your way, you just handle it. Handle it. So lockdown for me is, man, this is my booth. This is my my little sanctuary here. And I'm in here all the time. I'll come in here and I do my little, you know, music bits and all the rest of it. And I go in and I have a cup of tea. And uh, I sound so English, and a cup of tea. I don't drink tea. I'm a coffee man. And and I chill out. I chill out with um, the family. And I'm good. I'm good. I've saved myself a sack load on taxis and uh, train fares and whatever. So the kids got extra money because, you know, I'm I'm saving money. I got a great setup here. And I've always said to all the VOs, Actually, this is quite loud. Um, I've always said to every VO, every up-and-coming, budding VO, um, to always make sure that you invest in yourself what you think you're worth. You know, so if you think you're worth tuppence, fine. Invest tuppence. If you think that you can record something and send it to somebody on an iPhone, fine. If you think that you're worth good money, get yourself stuff. Invest in yourself. I, I took This is a U87 I'm using here, right? I took 25. Woo! Right. I, listen, 25 years. I treated myself after 25 years of voicing. I said, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I use the, the, the roadcasters. I use the, the electro voices. I've used so many, the shores, the Aston mics. I use so many in the, in, in the industry, but this is my baby right here. And I have a good mixing desk and I put out my stuff on high quality because I believe in me on it. I invest in me and I, I'm a part of your team. You are a part of my team. We are an industry. And so to me, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in seventh heaven right now because I can hook up with you wherever you are. I can get through to you clean because we have the, the capacity to do it nowadays, not like back in the day. And it's all beautiful. So I really don't miss going out and getting on a train with a lot of, you know, the great unwashed. I'm happy. I'm really happy. <laughs> I'm happy, baby.
1: Um, that's very good to hear. You know what? And you said life is how you take it. And it sounds like you're taking it very well Mm. for those who are just listening to the podcast. that can't see anything. Can you just build a mental picture of your, of your studio that you're in right now?
2: Well, I call it my booth. It's not huge. And I've always said to, to newbies who want to get into the industry, do not think you have to have this big F off studio like we have in central London. You need space. Uh, This room is about, uh, it's probably about, uh, I'd say eight feet tall. It's about nine foot wide and it's about five foot wide the other way. And I've got it ceiling to floor, uh, sound, sound deadened with all the stuff on the wall. Um, red foam on the ceiling, on the walls, right in the corners. It's very important. I've got a computer in here, a very quiet computer, uh, printer, um, the PC, the screen, I've got the, what do you call it, a couple of um, dbx is for the compression and noise gates and stuff. Uh, you know what noise gates are. It just cut, cut, cuts any kind of noise out. But it's all sound deadened, and it's a small, tight room, and that's how I work. That's how I work. It's my, it's my domain. It's beautiful in here. I love it.
1: So you sound so at peace in your space right now. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. I love to hear it.
2: Yeah, this again, this it's. I don't want to be too philosophical about stuff, but I can't help but be philosophical about it because the reality is everything, and I, I, I challenge anyone to say it's wrong, everything that we do is based on our attitude. A, the big A attitude. You can either get up and get out there in the rain, or you can get up, look outside, and say, I can't handle this. I'm going to go back to bed. It's down to you. Attitude. Attitude. The whole world is a matrix. It's a domino effect. If you don't go out there, you're never going to bump into somebody. If you don't get in the mix, you'll never be in the mix. If you got big dreams, but you're sleeping all the time, your dream will always remain a dream. You got to get out there. You got to do your stuff. I am no different to you. You are no different to me. It's how we apply ourselves. That's all it is.
1: Amazing. I agree with you totally. I mean, Red Pepper. Obviously, we're going to discuss your voice today because mm-hmm. it's an absolutely unique and amazing gift that you've harnessed right now. Mm-hmm. But when you're not recording, how do you like to kill time outside of <laughs> your booth? What do you do?
2: Oh man, I do. I do many, many things. I'll keep. I'll, I'll put aside the, the saucy version. I'll leave that alone. But I, I do all kind of crazy things. <laughs> I do stuff like um, uh, I I sit down. I've got this. I've got this little thing. Right. It winds everybody up. Uh, apart from watching football, I'm a big Aston Villa fan. I go out to Aston Villa, but obviously with the COVID right now, we can't do that. But I, I follow the Villa. Um, but in between that, when I'm sitting indoors and I got nothing to do, what I do, I flick channels. I look for adverts instead of watching the movies or the television, you know, series. I look for the television commercials because I'm I'm so anal about my industry. I want to hear how other people are delivering stuff. I want to hear how somebody's. You know, salt, a bottle of pop, or Domestos, or, you know, some fairy liquid. I want to hear how they deliver. And then I, I start doing things like, I know who that is. I know who that is. It's like spot the VO actor. That's my thing. You understand I love it. I'm just into my industry, and I've been doing this, what, 26 years. 26 years is not a chore. I'm never bored of it. This is my thing. This is my life. And it's the only job I do. I, I don't do anything outside of this apart from I go to um, these uh, classes where I inspire people and I try to tell people, you know, how to not necessarily deliver lines, but how to apply yourself and how to invest in yourself and how to believe in yourself. And, you know, your cup is never half empty. It's always half full. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in uh putting back into the in, into the industry and into people who want to if you want to become somebody and you're looking for inspiration and i can help you i will that's what i do you know but uh, yeah i got uh, lots of uh <laughs> crazy things about me i do crazy stuff as well you know i mess around a lot i like to fool around yeah yeah i'm a, I'm a young cat at heart but i'm not I'm, I'm pretty much 60 years old my next birthday but I look fine and sexy. I'm still looking good. Everything's still working. I'm good, baby. But uh, I like to fool around that's a what lot. That's we want to hear. I fool looking around.
1: Looking good, feeling
2: good. Hell yeah. And that's another thing. I eat well. I eat fish and I eat my greens and I drink. Um, I've always got water on hand. I eat, drink these two, uh, 1.5 liter. I drink three of these a day. You know, um, tap water as well. Always tap, tap um Sorry, not tap water. Always room temperature water. Don't put ice in your throat. Don't do it. It's not good. Or don't drink coffee all day. It just messes up your throat. You can't deliver, liver. And you, the clarity just goes and you're forever snapping. And it's not good for uh, recording sessions. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing ridiculously special about me. Trust me. But, but you would like, really? You did that? Or you could do that? I've done some crazy things you know, in the industry that people wouldn't realize. Um, done some funny things as well. Like uh, one of the funniest things I did was a major uh, soft drinks company, um, Blue and Red Cans, but I won't name the brand. Um, they had this big promo and they said they thought it'd be really cool to get Red to come up there for a fee, obviously, and get inside this rigged up drinks dispensing machine. So I was literally in a drinks dispensing machine that was giving out free drinks at Wembley Stadium when the Jaguars was playing the Dolphins uh American football here. So we got a lot of fans around and they put me in this drinks machine and I could see the fans through this camera, they couldn't see me. So when they approached the uh machine, I'd say, "How you doing, brother?" Hey, the machine's talking. Yeah, I'm talking to you in the in the gray jumper right there. How you doing? And then wife, this this couple came, and they clearly were in love, holding hands and everything, very hippie-ish. And she goes, oh, I think the machine's talking to me, dear. And he says, yeah, I think it is. Hey, buddy, what color uh, uh, shirt has my, my wife got on? It's blue, stupid. She's a fine-looking woman. Do you think so? And he said, I- I'm not even sure when this is going to be broadcast, but he said something relating to her breasts. Uh, you can
1: you can listen. you can crack
2: on he said he said um do you like my wife's breasts and i said, what did you say yeah oh yeah do you like my wife's breasts and i says your your wife has a splendid pair of breasts they are fine do you, do you like the nipples and i'm thinking are you serious so i said yes she's got beautiful nipples and then i get in the earpiece uh red you, you do realize you're on the big screen you're going out to the big screen in wembley stadium and they can hear you through all the speak-ups. <laughs> oh, I was so embarrassed-ish because they couldn't actually see me. And I said, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't realize. But I, I, I do funny things. I do simple things. I do lots of uh, uh, animations and Xbox characters and, you know, PlayStation consoles. And I, I, I've done so many things along the way. i probably said... In a world a million times coming soon this year, one man, this fall, in a sleepy town, bloody, 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 I've, I've done it all. Uh, but nowadays, the uh, movie trailer industry is, is not as heavy as it used to be because they use a lot of captions from the movies, and then they put the captions on the on the screen, and you very seldom hear, you know, in a land that time forgot, you don't hear to hear that much no more. You hear a lot of Crash, bang, wallop, you know, but I, I, I do plenty of work. I mm-hmm. do things like you'll never believe you'd probably hear me every single day doing um, The Chase, probably sponsored by Gala Bingo. You know, I do all of that. I do. Alpes and Caffeine Shampoo. Men, do you have hair? Fight for your hair. I do lots of stuff that people wouldn't even think about because they think that I'm just a Mr. Movie Trader, man. But I'm not. I've been around 25 years and I do lots and lots and lots of stuff, you know.
1: Well, we have a discussion here on the show that we hear that the movie game is changing a lot, but Mm -hmm. also the computer games industry is really really growing am i right in saying that there's because it seems like they're adding a lot more narrative to characters whereas 20 years ago you might have a character just having a line or two now you have full dialogue
2: exactly but it's not it's not a new thing because back in uh i can't remember exactly what year in the mid-90s i was shadow man and i was blade and within those games they were when you look back at them that they're nothing in comparison to what we have now the quality. The graphics are superior now. But you had... I remember the uh, Shadow Man was... I am the Lord of Deadside. Shadowborn at the confluence of the worlds to walk between. And it had... Can can I just play you a little something here? It it, it is all copyright. Yeah, please, please. So I'll I'll, I'll come in with something like... No, not late. uh, Let me find something. (laughs) I am the Lord of Deadside. Shadow-born at the confluence of the worlds to walk between. Life-side is without meaning. I am Shadow Man. That, that kind of thing. You know, it, it's it's a skill. A lot of people think that voicing is easy. If you can read and if you can punctuate and if you can intonate and if you have a, a soul that you know when to go soft and when to go hard, when to go light, when to go heavy and you can use your voice because your voice my voice is an instrument it's no different to having a guitar sitting in everybody's house there's a guitar sitting in the corner yeah and you come in there and you say I can't play and you can ping 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 you put it back and it sits there catching dust some guy comes in uh, a friend oh you got a guitar and he picks it up and he makes that same guitar catching dust sound beautiful. It's an instrument. It's not because the instrument cannot be played. It's because it's not being used. People have the instrument in their voice, but they don't know how to use it. I can turn around and do a horror movie, and I'm saying, look behind you. And then I can say, look behind you. For a Pixar production or something, it's what you do with your voice. I can take my voice, and I can go, hi, how you doing? Oh, my God, really? I can get it up there if I want to. And I can turn around and I say, boy, mate, how you doing? Yeah, I'm from London. You're all right, mate. hey you're having a laugh, geez. I can do all of that because it's, it's. <laughs> listen, it's how you focus. It's how you focus. If you've got a job and you, you're, you're proud of what you're doing and you really have a, a challenging kind of personality and you have competition within your soul, you think, you know what, I'm going to crack this. You either want to do it or you don't want to do it. You either can do it or you can't. You have the ability or you don't or you're fooling yourself. Every single day on Instagram, I get hundreds and hundreds of people sending me the same old message. Red, what do you think of my voice? And I'm not an agent. I'm not your daddy. It doesn't matter what I think of your voice. And a lot of people, they try to do what I do and they try to be me. And I keep saying to people, be you. This ain't listen. Yeah, in a world where one man, yeah, and I'm thinking, oh Christ, what are they trying to prove? You, you gotta be you. So it comes with the territory, I guess. But the reality is that there's one pot. There's plenty of voiceovers out there. It's a very tough industry. I'm fortunate in the respect that I have been doing it for 26 years, and that's all I do to make a living. I don't drive, drive a bus. I don't do stage acting. I don't do game shows and all that kind of stuff. I appear on them for you know for fun. But this is what I do, and to man- manage to master that for 26 years as a sole career, a sole income, I don't think I deserve a round of applause because as lots of guys have come and gone. Seriously,
1: you know what. I, I salute you for that, and and I must say it's 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 really good to hear how you've mastered your craft and you've showed us the range of your voice, which mm. is, is lovely to hear. I have to be honest with you though, Red. When, even when you're just talking though, I mm. feel like there's a gravitas to your voice, and I feel like you you have a very unique sound. Like before, let's go before you even started working in the voiceover industry. Mm. Did you? When did you first realize that you had a voice that was that was different that could really hold people and 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 it's 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 just you it's very unique well the
2: the the first time I realized I had something special it had nothing to do with um um being mindful of a career change or nothing because I was a young kid I was 14 years old excuse me and uh I'm coming down the stairs one day and I'm only imagining what I used to sound like, something like, you know, good morning, mom. It wasn't quite like that, but you know, it was not like how it is now. And I'm coming down the stairs, 14 years old, and I just said, good morning, mom, <coughs> good, good morning. And my voice was going up and down, up and down. I says, whoa, whoa. And I could literally feel my chest rattling. I could feel my chest vibrating. If I put my hand on my chest now, today, I feel my chest vibrating. And it's, it's just one of those things. And my mother laughed at me. She says, oh, you think you're a man now? And I says, well, I sound like a man, don't I? <laughs> and I was so cool. It was never as deep as it is now, obviously, at 14 years old. That's just weird. Um, and my sisters were laughing. They were laughing. And it didn't settle down for a few days. It kept kind of coming and going, coming and going. It was all over the place. And the reali—the time I realized I had a bit of power was when my sister said, I want you to get on this phone and I want, to t- I want you to tell Douglas, his name was Douglas Barnes, tell Douglas I don't want to see him no more, stay away from the house. So I get on the phone and I say, yeah, is that you, Douglas? You bring your ass around here again. It's me and you. Do you understand? And never saw Douglas again. And it was I thought, you know what? This is cool. And then people started saying, You got a deep voice, you got a deep voice. Wow. And then I realized that females were attracted to this deep voice. Men wanted this deep voice. And I thought, Oh, I got something here but I never really properly engaged it into the world of voiceovers. I just used to use it or pulling girls, as you say over here, and just being cool, you know, and it was just nice. It was like, yeah, I sound a bit like that guy. That guy turned out to be Barry White. I sound like that guy on the radio, you know, that, oh, I want to love you, baby. Oh, baby. And I said, oh, shit, uh, yeah. And, I, and then I started to listen to radio. And instead of just listening to it, I'm, I'm a bit anal, I got to say. I was listening to radio for the way the presenters or DJs we used to call them back then broadcast and I said I could do that I want to do that then I started pretending that I'm a radio DJ in the house then I started pretending that I can do that in a world because Donald Fontaine coined that phrase many many years before me and uh, I said yeah, I could do that that sounds like me well actually I sounded like him uh, but that's what I said I said he sounds like me in a world where one man coming soon bloody blah blah I'm thinking, yeah, I could do that. But I never in a million years thought that I'd end up doing that. I was a fireman. I was a security guard walking around with a dog at night, you know, for 12 hours a day. I was a train driver on the tubes. And when I was on the tubes, again, it was that sexiness about me i was a bit of a horny magnet anytime i saw a woman i was like
1: hi (laughs) you
2: know i was just stupid (laughs) and uh, there was a lady on the platform she was clearly doing a film shoot and she was um presenting herself as marilyn monroe the classic white dress and they had the fan machine on to blow the dress up and when the tube came in it it brought the wind with it, and they was clicking, 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 and as a, as a, as a driver, I went past her, pulled the train into the platform. I thought, God damn, she's fine. So I get on the internet, on the uh, sorry, the intercom, and I said, uh, "Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Just want to say a special hi to Marilyn Monroe." Uh, gentlemen, make sure you give up a seat. And I could hear the guys behind me, cause they can't see me, but I, I can hear passengers yeah. behind me. Gosh, is that the driver? Listen to his voice. Hey <laughs> know. Is, is that the driver? No way. No way. That's what I could hear. So I was having a little giggle to myself. And she got off at Baker Street. I smiled and she gave me a wave. You know, and at the same time, this fellow got off the train. the same time, like the sixth car back. And we were one man operated. So it's just, there was no guards. There was just me. I used to open the doors and I used to drive the train. And he's bolting down the platform towards the cab. And I'm thinking, oh my God. Please tell me no one's had a heart attack or someone's been stabbed because these things happen. And he got all the way up to the cab. He was very camp. I won't call his name. Very camp. And he says, oh, oh, oh. And I'm singing, what's the problem? He goes, oh, I just got to tell you, you've got a lovely voice. And I thought, man, you're holding my train up just to tell me that. I says, thank you so much. No, 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 no. Wait, Please. He told me his name and everything, and he was a chief executive of a television company, and he wanted me to come in and do a voiceover. And I said, well, I didn't even know what a proper voiceover was. I've heard voiceovers, but I didn't realize that's what they were called. And um, those were the days when mobile phones were new. So I had a one-to-one phone, you know. And he says, can I take your number? I says, yeah, wow. sure. Let's, ex- let's exchange numbers because it was cool. i give anybody my number because I had nobody in my contacts. Nobody. <laughs> and uh, so we exchanged numbers and uh, got home. And my wife said, oh, this guy keeps ringing the phone off the hook. He's trying to get a hold of you. I, was, I says, okay, what's his name? And she told me, and I says, okay. So I rang him up the next morning. He says, yes, I'd love you to come in and do this uh, this audition. I says, Sure. So I got my London underground uniform. I'm going to go in there, and then I'm going to go to work afterwards. Uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, went into a studio called Molinaire in uh, Dufores Place in central London. And it's the first time I've been in a proper, whoa, studio, you know. And I said, wow, look at this. Even with my underground uniform on, looking like a nobody, like I'm lost I went up there and they gave me a sheet of paper and they says, okay, when the green light comes on, um, read the first the first um line. Typically, the first line was, in a world, the, the next green light, when one man and his dog and whatever it was, and all I could see through the glass window is always animated executives. I can't hear them. I can just see them all grinning. It's like, whoa, what's up? So I just said, is that okay yes yes thumbs up they pressed the button I could hear them talking we'll be through in a minute and he came through and he shook my hand you know those kind of handshakes where they don't let go of your hand a handshake <laughs> handshake should be like three <laughs> seconds max and he held on to my hand and he says great job great job we'll be in touch we'll be in touch so I said okay um then following that I don't mind telling you now but that, that was back in 95 94 95 roundabout there and, um, yeah, he said to me, uh, on the phone next day, um, we'd like to offer you a contract and you got to bear in mind, I was driving trains 48 hours a week for about 300 pounds to take home. And he said to me, uh, could you come in for one hour per week, one hour and we'll offer you 600 pounds. And I said, whoa. And my daddy, my daddy was a criminal lawyer and he always said to me. Son, never take what you're offered. Ask for what you want. So I said, okay, I'll get back to you. I'll talk to my people. I ain't got no people. But I just said that. to <laughs> sound cool, right? I said, I'll get back to you. I'll talk to my people. Put down the phone said to my wife, this dude has just offered me 600 quid for one hour per week. You, you sure he didn't say 60 pounds? I said, no, 600. 600. So I called him back. I said, listen, um, so what's the deal? And he said, well, you know, it's a two-year retainer, he said to me. At that time, I'm from the underground. I know nothing about retainers or none of that jargon that you associate with the film world and, and advertising world. I didn't know none of that. So he said, I'll offer you a retainer uh, for two years. And I thought, I got little babies coming up. You know, I got a great job. I've been in for 13 years. I'm getting free travel for, for the family. And I said, oh, I don't know about that. He says, well, take it or leave it. And the little naughty man in my head said, take it. The good man was saying, no, you got a safe job. You got a wife and kids. And I, I went for it. So a couple of days later, I'm driving the trains. I'm out at Harrow Siding's. I get a phone call. And I'm thinking, and I says, who is this? And he says, oh, it's Dean. And I said, uh, could you come in to uh, Moliner, uh 4 o'clock this afternoon? And I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, 600 quid. But I don't finish till 10. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> so me and my big mouth, I said, sure, not a problem. I'll be there. So what am I going to do? So I just get onto the controller. Hey, train 234 of Harrow Sightings come in. Controller says, yes, yeah, 234, what can I do? I says I, I need to uh, take a physical needs relief at Baker Street. Not a problem. We'll have somebody come get you. So I got a relief driver. I get down to Malinver. I'm thinking, cool, I'm here. So I'm thinking if I can go straight in, and by the time he gets the train down south and comes brings it back up, I can get back on it. No, it didn't work like that. The guys at Malinver are saying to me, sit down. Just chill out for a while. We'll be with you in about half an hour. I'm thinking, no, I don't have half an hour. And so what happened? I left the train and I stood there. And when the train came back came back on the northbound, I was nowhere to be seen. I never went back. And then I, at that time, I said, when I, I spoke to the underground, I says, listen, I was physically sick. I was in no fit state. I, I booked off. I shouldn't have. And I'm not very well. And I took six months off sick from that point i said i was depressed i told a lot of lies i got to tell you until one day uh, the channel decided to put a, a newspaper article out on the front page and there's me standing on the tube doors with my arms out and the big headline from underground to hollywood the london underground tube star <laughs> has, has made it big in the big time and all that oh jesus my phone ring ring i thought you were sick red i thought you were sick what's up i said oh man so i got busted so officially i got fired from the underground and uh then i started you know pooping a bit because i thought this may never last this may be a five minute thing Mm -hmm. jesus 24 months you know that's not long um i've been doing this job for 13 years and all of a sudden i'm gonna be to jump out of the frying pan into the fire so to speak and um Somebody said to me, just go for it, just go for it, believe in yourself, and I did, and I went for it. People started saying, who's that guy, who's that guy on the sci-fi channel, who's that guy doing this, who's it, and then I got myself an agent, and I started getting jobs, and I honestly, again, I'm a layman, I'm a very humble man, I come from humble beginnings, you know, and so I appreciate money, I appreciate people, I appreciate respect, and I appreciate honesty. And I had a job. My first one was for a major company, big brand. And when I got paid, I thought there was a mistake. You know, there were too many zeros on this. And I said, "Wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait a second! Wait a second! I'm getting paid. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I just went in there and done a voiceover. I didn't break rocks. I didn't save a life. This is stupid. I need to tell my agent that they've made a mistake. I can't. I can't live like this. So I rang my agent up." And I said, listen, uh, I, I just I just got some money in my bank for doing uh, just done one job because I was new to the game, really. And she goes, yes. And I says, well, you, you sure that's right? She goes, yes, I've taken my percentage. Really? Yeah. Listen, they're going to put that advert worldwide. They're making millions out of that. That is a drop in the ocean. So when I related to it in that way, I thought, Okay. And then I started to get used to it and it, the jobs started coming in. They were small jobs like, you know, tonight on BBC One, which pays you nothing. But when you get major brands, you know, you're talking goodwanga. And I thought, okay, this is cool. And then I started to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, start, I went and bought a house with my wife and kids and stuff, started putting extensions on and having the cars and all the rest of it. And life was good. And along the way, I became I went full full circle because I typically I'd have house parties and all the rest of it, and giving it the the big I am you say over here right, giving it large, giving it large, and uh, so I decided, and I looked down. I was looking at I was sitting on the veranda, or you call it patio here right, and uh, looking out at this party, big garden party, lots of speakers, lots of half naked people, doing all kind of things, and it was good fun. Got the pool, got the cars, got the summer house I had it all I looked and I said you know what I don't know half these people here I need to break out of this and I was a guy who went and pulled the fuse in the the plugs and said everybody out I'm done everyone was like what is he tripping is he I said everybody get out 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 and they came all the way from London down to the deepest part of Kent and I said get out I just changed right there and I said you know what it's Mm -hmm. not about that it's about being humble I was raised correctly. This is BS. And uh, I changed my life. I changed my life totally. Um, So being a voice artist did not change my life. Just recognizing the BS that I was getting involved in, just being a bit too flash and all the rest of it. I thought, you know what? I need to wind my neck back in. I really need to just come back to me and start to be humble and useful rather than just saying, look at me, look at me. And uh, everywhere I go, I still get recognized the voice-wise. Occasionally, I've done television like, you know, Celebrity Pointless, and I've been on a few others. And people say, oh, that's that bloke. Go on, give us us a voiceover. Like I'm a circus clown. (laughs) I I don't get upset because that comes with the territory. It's bound to happen. Mm. So some would say it's best to be recognized than not recognized. So I take that on board. And I just go about my business. I do a lot of uh, classes for youngsters who want to be in the game. Um, I can only tell them what my experiences are, and there's a lots of pit. There's lots of pitfalls. It's not all oh, swimming in wonderful gravy and stacks of money. It's not like that. You know, you may get one job every six months. You know, until you're established, and you, and if you don't have a voice that nobody wants, you'll never work. That's just the way it is. That's the truth. You know. So I tell the truth all the time. And I spend time in this wonderful space of mine, creating scripts. And I'll come up with something like, "Say your name. What's your full name?"
1: Uh, Marcus Bronzy, M-A-R-C-U-S B-R-O-N-Z-Y. So
2: I, I could say Marcus Bronzy, or I could say, um, uh, say something silly like. Eh.
0: T minus one minute.
2: Nobody knew him. He was only one man with a dream.
0: T minus 50
1: seconds.
2: Marcus Bronsby had a decision to make before the time ran out. Yes, stuff like that. I'll I'll sit in here and I'll do stuff like that. That's awesome.
1: And it, whatever I love it, that, you know, man. that's
2: just rough. And I'll just I'll just I have lots of different uh, patches of music. I patch it into my desks. I come in. I play. I will do silly things like well, it's not silly. It's it's quite heartwarming because every year I'm Santa Claus to about 222 people actually 223 I put one more on this year 223 people and all I do is get on the phone and I and they they send me the text saying right I bought Michael a bicycle I bought Jemima uh whatever a whatever and I get on the phone and hello is that you Jemima <laughs> do you know who I am um did you like your bicycle it's lovely and blue, isn't it? <laughs> I am oh, Santa sorry. Claus. And I tell you what, if you're a good girl this year, you'll get exactly what you want next year. Okay. <laughs> I've got to run along. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And I'll do that. And then I'll I'll, so I'll spend the whole day doing that. Right. Mm. And and it, it warms my heart to, to know that some kids out there have felt good from something that I've done. And it takes nothing from me. It costs me nothing, a bit of warmth, a bit of empathy, a bit of happiness in your life. And you send it, you share it. That's what happiness is for. Knowledge is to share. Learning is to share, you know, and that's what I do. I'm just that kind of a guy.
1: Uh, you know what? You, tr- I can tell you truly love what you do, you mm-hmm. know, and and it's great that you share that gift with people as well. Because I could only imagine being like a a, a young kid and, and having a personalized conversation with Santa Claus. That must be mm-hmm. oh, that must be so heartwarming.
2: Yeah, Heart I mean, listen, the the texts that I get back and and you get, I get, they send me uh, little videos of of the mum crying and stuff like that, and you know, yeah. thank you so much. It's made my day, and and I'm thinking, okay, it's a bit like. The unsung hero, your postman, the man who delivers ding-dong on your door. He's been out in the rain and the cold and whatever. He's brought you that parcel of that, that, that piece of equipment you've been waiting weeks for. He's made your day. But he's unsung and nobody recognizes him because hey, he's just a postman, is he? But he's actually making people's day year in, year out. And people don't recognize that. That's why I always tip my postman, always, without fail.
1: Do you know what, Red? My dad taught me that as well. I was like, mm-hmm. I remember saying when I was young, I said, Dad, why do you always talk to the postman so much? He said, Listen, son, see these people here. These are the ones. If, if this guy's not around and he's not on his job, yeah. you're going to have a bad day. And not only that, he's in the community. He sees what's going on. He goes, exactly. you know, Look exactly. after your community and then look after yourself. Exactly. Oh, 100% right. I'm always good to my postman. And mm-hmm. you know what? During these times now, when, <laughs> when there's a lot to hey. deliver and I'm not in, yeah. I always get my parcel because my delivery men are cool with me. There you, you know go. I mean? there, there
2: you go. Got. That's what it's about, baby. Giving go. back, giving back. Understanding.
1: 100%. I, have you ever been asked to do anything with the villa? Because I think that you'd make a great announcement. Listen,
2: for I'm, 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 I'm villa uh, through and through. You you can't see it right here. Maybe you can if I'll turn around. <laughs> see, on my wall, on Pick my on. on my wall right here, the whole of this wall.
1: Is, oh, wow. Is, is, the is, big Aston Villa flag. Yeah, It's massive.
2: And that's that's bigger than my head. And not many things are bigger than that. i got (laughs) to say And uh, I just messed up the camera angle. It doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, but I'm a Villa fan since 1975. Because even though I look like I'm 40, I'm not. I'm touching 60 in June. And I followed Villa since 1975. And I fell in love with the colors. That was all I did. And I said to my dad, I want to be, I want to play football. And as a black man... Back in the '70s, you know, a lot of black folks weren't allowed to get into football grounds and stuff. So my dad said, "You're talking out the side of your neck, son. You you can't go and play football and bloody, bloody, bloody." But he said, "You know what? I'm going to let you go," and I had a little trial with with Aston Villa. It turned out to be nothing. I got two left feet. I, I got bandy legs. and you know. But I thought, yeah, put the kit on. And people think when you put the kit on, it gives you power. No, it doesn't. It just makes yeah. you look like you got a nice <laughs> kit. Um, and uh, so I went up there, and I thought, wow, this is Villa Park. Wow. And so I fell in love when I was 15 years old, and I never turned back. I, I've stuck with the team. Everyone said, you got to stick with a team. Once you choose your team, that's it. And I said, okay. So I stuck with the team, and um, I'm I'm good. Uh, they had their highs and their lows, and I've been up there. So I'm on there, one of their famous fans. And occasionally I'll go up there, courtesy of Aston Villa, and I'll I'll introduce the teams. You know, just on the PA system, or I'll get into their magazine and they'll do, they'll do a piece about me or put it on YouTube about me, part of the pride they call it. And uh, I'm good. I'm, you know, I just get around, and uh, to me, I'm a humble man. I'm very, very humble. I don't have no airs and graces about me. I'm just a regular guy who looks a bit flashy in a suit when I got to go do TV and stuff like that. But then I'll dress down and I'm just the bloke next door. I'm just cool.
1: I hear that, man. And, but, you, you you know, you've got you've definitely got a Zen about you, which has definitely come from your experience. And I, I feel like just having a conversation with you right now, you've, you've put some of that Zen vibe onto me. So I really That's appreciate right. that. That's but, right. With regards, with regards to some of the work that you've done over the years, mm. you've done massive projects, big films. You've mm. also done commercials and you've done mm-hmm. TV voiceovers. Is there one thing that's just kept coming back, or you keep hearing back about from people? <laughs> Is there one job where people always you are like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's doing the rounds again"?
2: That yeah. Uh, well, you know, this it's quite a few that do the rounds again. Um, not movie wise, usually television commercial wise, um, but uh, there's there's a few. I don't know why, but smoking aces when i did smoking aces that was such a gas i have done that for uh working titles um in central london actually and it was just uh i forgot the script i'll have to pull it up on youtube or something uh but it, that was just a nice vibe the way it came across the hit goes down and with the music and everything going on it was just perfect it was like cool and then the other one was mr bean's holiday when i did that uh you know, whatever year it was, you say. In 1909, man stood on the North Pole. In 1953, man conquered Everest. In 1969, man landed on the moon. But in 2007, the ultimate conquest will be one man's journey to the beach. For Mr. Bean, it was meant to be a holiday smiling, of his dreams. Smiling, you know, you, you lead them down this deep road, and then it turns out yeah. to be Mr. Bean. And little things. I just enjoy what I do. I've done so many good ones. Uh, some were very difficult to do, and some were very easy to do. Like when I walked in uh, to a Central London studio, they said, "Hi, Red. <clears throat> you don't need a script." I said, "You mean I don't need a script?" Um, go into your booth. I says, "Okay." Just, just, this film is called Saw. It's a horror, horror film. <clears throat> I went in and Saw. Thanks, Red. That was it. <laughs> that was it. And I said, seriously? <laughs> and that, listen, that was the very, very first time that my wife had come to a studio with me because I kept saying I got this big job and it's very hard to do and not everybody can do it. Nobody can do my job. Listen, it's not about just reading. You got to <laughs> you gotta deliver. You got to put some, some, some soul in your voice. So I walk in there her first time and she's just got a nice <laughs> cup of tea because they treat everybody nice at the studios. They say, would you like a cup of tea, love? She's got her green tea sitting down. She's going to sit down and see how the whole thing operates. I walk in there and go, saw. read out though. And am I done? <laughs> yeah, that's good. And she's just like I haven't started my I said, Come on, woman, you enjoy the money, don't you? And I got paid for the obviously. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, come in again, too. <laughs> and that was it, you know. So <laughs> some are like that. Some are like that. And then there's some when you have to literally talk a, a long script, you know. Um there's things like um uh, Tim Burton he called me actually called my agent and said I want to I want to meet Red personally I us Tim Burton the Tim Burton he said yeah so we went to his house uh, in a a place I will rather not disclose cuz that's personal information um and in London and we went in there fantastic guy and Tim has done things like Edward Scissorhands and all those kind of strange movies and he's got that beautiful vibe about his home and his huge garden and whatever and I thought wow I mean like Alice in Wonderland it was so cool and he says yeah um my engineer swears by you he worked with you a few years ago and, and I was looking for um people who are dead but they're still alive and he said there's only one man who could do that and he said you and I says me he goes, yeah so I want you to be ghouls in my movie um Peregrine's home for peculiar children. That's what he was shooting at the time, putting together post-production. And I went into the studio, and I got like 30 different microphones: skinny microphones, fat microphones, big, huge microphones, tiny microphones. They were all around me. And he said to me, "Just do your thing. You're you're dead, but you're alive. You're you're a ghoul. Just whatever comes out of your mouth." So I typically went. <sighs> so i was doing stuff like that for 20 minutes and he was standing in the in his, all i got was his thumb he kept going brilliant and then he pressed the button could you just sustain that for a bit longer i said yeah I could, no problem and i did that those are the kind of things that that make me smile that i go to the cinema I watch a movie and i'm the guy who will sit there the lights are up and i'm just sitting there just waiting to see my little name and credit you know voice and including, and i said yeah there you go i'm happy now simple little things like that <laughs> simple things like watching a a uh, console game that i never had a clue what it was going to be called because in that uh, at that stage of production they don't even have a name for it and then when one of my sons is, oh dad you're in grand theft auto or you're in you're in whatever i'm saying am i and then i remember doing it and i think it wow because i didn't actually see it and they put it they put the the uh, all the uh, artwork around your voice there was one particular scene one one guy we, we'd voice for maybe I don't know but maybe nine hours a long day with with breaks in between and I was doing a lot of come on guys get up the hill playing the sergeant major and playing this man and that man and whatever different characters and there was one scene where I got I got my throat cut Oh, Red, sorry, before you go, we got to do the cutthroat scene. So I took my coat off. I says, come on. What do you want me to do? He says, just sound like your throat is being cut. I says, well, I've never had my throat cut, but I can imagine it'll sound like this. He goes, no, 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 underwater. Now, there's no script to tell me how to do this, and you just got to make it sound good. So it's like, and you got to bring it out and it, to, to me at the time it sounded stupid but when you see it put to picture it's like wow how cool is that and that's the joy I get from doing animations or or VOs or whatever the dry voice alone doesn't sound so great in my world but once you start putting a little ambience behind it you know it could be something simple at it, it can just tell a story then all of a sudden, this story becomes real. And everything takes on a whole new meaning. In 2021, the world was changed. COVID disappeared. Everybody was happy again. And the world spun round again. You know, if I just said that without putting anything behind it, it's still the voice but you st- you've got mm-hmm. to ride the music. You've got to get in there with the same vibe. Sometimes you get violins. Sometimes you get uh, rock guitar. Sometimes you get crash, bang, wallop. Sometimes you get heavy stuff. So you got to ride and bring that gravitas for a thriller. you got to, yeah, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. you got to bring it. But when you hear it yeah. just playing, yeah. it's, it's not special. When you got got the, the whole thing put together, that's why I say we're a team. It's not about me. It's about the team. The whole team has created that, that session, not just me. You know, so mm. I love what I do, and I love the whole craft. And that's why I hate when people treat it lightly. It's like, Ugh. You know, there's a lot of people would cut off their left arm to be doing what you're doing, and you're walking in here as if you are the king. Uh, I can't stand all that. Be professional.
1: I appreciate you saying that, man. And you know what? I just... Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away <laughs> by what you've told us today, man. It's, um, it's amazing to hear that you've managed to keep, keep so humble, you know, cause you are one of the, I mean, I, I've got to say, I mean, I don't think there's another voice that's, um, like yours in the UK, man. And I think in the world even, and I think that, you know, um, to have such a unique talent and an instrument that you work so hard at, but to still be speaking the way that you are about it shows that you truly love what you do. Thank oh, you yes. so much, Redman. i I've really enjoyed talking to you today, like in the nicest way possible. I could listen to you talk all day
2: long listen i'm not coming by you to read you a bedtime story so don't even <laughs> want to ask me it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen no, I, baby. Was, I was always gonna ask next red man oh come on i was just gonna be like little
1: red riding hood or something please
2: oh i got i got i got different versions of little red riding hood trust me i have uh, I, i'm the i'm uh, the daddy My kids
1: must have slept real well
2: i just opened the door slept real well. my kids i just opened yeah. the door say go to sleep they <laughs> go okay dad but they go they're all grown up now i got six kids man and they're all, they're all happy uh, and they don't, they don't hear my voice anymore no red
1: more. really no oh, they just don't awesome. hear it they're used to it uh fair enough all right uh, uh red what i i'm going to ask you and i understand your industry is shrouded in mystery, so you may mm-hmm. not be able to let us know. But uh, what have you got forthcoming that you can let us know about? If if it's all top secret, I totally understand uh, it because yeah.
2: I get it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You gotta sign all these NDAs all the time, especially mm. when there's something in the pipeline for 2021 or 2022 or whatever. Yeah, but there's there's lots of meaty stuff I got uh, lined up. Really, um, I can only tell you what I'm doing currently on television. That's about it. What what I do? What I'm doing on television? I do a lot of things for BT, and I do a lot of things for Gala Bingo, and and different things. Um, I'm, I'm just okay. I'm just in the process of appearing on this show, uh, the new series of the Big Fat Quiz of Everything with Jimmy Carr. Uh, that's coming up on Channel right. Four pretty soon. I'm, I'm a, as a live guest, um, but all the other stuff that I've got in the pipeline, I, I really can't disclose. But uh, I'm a busy boy
1: totally understand that and I'm glad to hear that and I look forward to hearing your voice again soon I'll be like I know I know that guy I've spoken to that guy this time now I can say that
2: yeah it's been a pleasure thank you very much for inviting me and uh, I Great. hope you have many 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 more fantastic podcasts and I'm I'm glad to be uh, a contributor
1: Thank you for joining us. Before I let you go, though, where should we look for you online? Where can we support you? Where can we send us? Oh
2: stuff? yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna, I don't. I, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really check that page. I shouldn't say that, but I don't. Uh, at the Red Pepper. As for Twitter, okay. And, uh, on Instagram, uh, the Red, the Red Pepper, the Red Pepper. Uh, is it? The no, it's pe- not. I don't know. It's not even that. I'm giving you false information. There is Red Pepper One. That's it on on Instagram. Red Pepper One. That's two d's in red r e double d pepper one and uh, that's on instagram and I'm, I'm on facebook but i don't really want facebook following me i just have it for personal friends you know
1: that's all good we'll make sure that we find you on the gram thank yeah, you yeah. very much for killing some time with us um I've, it's been really great having a conversation with you there's plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for killing some time with us
2: exactly thank you where there are more podcasts than grains of sand. A motley crew set themselves the challenge of a lifetime to find the most kick-ass things to do and do them. This is how to kill an hour. Marcus Bronzi and a few guys who, well, they claim to be his friends. <laughs>
1: I couldn't do that. Before. Yes, please. I love that one.
2: <laughs> With Marcus Bronzi. Well, Marcus Bronzi and friends. With Marcus Bronzi and a few guys who says they be his friends. His friends. And a few folks who claim to be his friends. And a few folks who claim to be his friends. Yeah, sure they are. Yeah, sure they are.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.